Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington and welcome to Bullish. So you talk about balancing your life before you've made it one day. So, you know, you're a busy entrepreneur, you're running around, you're selling Fortune 500 companies all over. Like, what, how did you manage? You got six kids, I'm sure, of all different ages. You got a spouse at home, you're running a big business. That's a lot to balance. What's, what's your definition? Or how, do, how would you approach that and what worked best for you with your family? Well, in 1992, four years before we sold it, we were growing so fast. We were building a new office building every year just to house employees. Mm, wow. And so we bought 60 acres at Decker Lake and built one building, then another, then another. Yeah, cool. And so I was on this, um, Dave Layton, who was our contractor that built the buildings, took his top clients on a fishing trip to the Wind Rivers, horseback trip for five days. So I brought this book on reorganizing the company for success Hmm. because we were growing so fast. I want to know how to grow this company, what to do. And back in the 90s, it was a big deal to write mission statements and your values mm-hmm. and yep. all of that. And then your your steps to get there. Well, we were doing all that in the company. And as I read this book, I thought, you know what? Why aren't, why aren't I doing this in my own family? Mm. Do my kids know? Because if the CEO doesn't have a clear mission and vision where they're going, no one else does. Yep. It all starts with the CEO. Yep. So I thought, I wonder if my kids know where we're going, really. Mm. So I sat in on this yellow pad, I filled it. I wrote all these things, yep. what my mission statement was for our family, what our goals were in each areas. Well, physically what I wanted to do, the kids, I taught them all to ski, we did it together as a family. Mm, cool. You know, what can we do that keeps our family together? I bought a boat. Mm. My dad had said, don't buy a boat. People that buy boats, quit going to church. Mm. Well, <laughs> we boat on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So I bought a boat and those are things that unite a family, right? Mm. You're all together. You're on a, yeah, you can't be on your phone really because yeah. it's bouncing around too much. You got to talk. It's you're, great. You're, you're on, on the yeah. boat together. Yeah. So we started doing things like that and balancing mm. our life. So when I was home, I was on the road every other week. We were putting 200,000 air miles wow. on every yeah. year. Yeah. So I was really a road warrior. Yeah. A different city every day. Because mm. Ron and I did all sales yeah, you were, as the you co-CEOs. Selling. Okay, you guys we did all sales. Yeah. And... Um, then after we would meet with the clients personally twice a year. So every six months we'd go, mm-hmm. we'd go out to dinner. Then we'd have a questionnaire and te- have them fill it up. Yep. Tell us how we're doing. What can we do better? What else can we do for you? Yeah. We would leave there with 20 other things they wanted to hire us to do. Wow. Cool. So we just kept yep. growing. And so every yep. day we had to ask ourselves, what business are we in? Mm-hmm. But anyway, without getting too sidetracked. So I wrote this for my family and we came back and my wife is an instigator. She will do things. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was a school teacher, so she's real structured. So I said, here's what I feel like we should be doing as a family. She said, great. She made up chore charts. She made up charts on all kinds of things. How to get my Eagle Scout. How do I learn to play the piano with these goals? Oh, okay, yeah. And we just decided the things we wanted our kids to do and started working on it. Hmm. And it worked. Hmm. We taught our kids how to manage money, how to save money. And we'd go to the bank every month. They'd put their deposit in. They'd pay their tithing. That we had, and then 40% was theirs to spend. We called it their PC, personal cash. Mm, okay. So when all my boys got married, they still had the PC thing in their minds with their wives. Oh, yeah. Everybody has so much PC a month that's theirs to spend. Yeah. And I, I have to laugh. My oldest boy, Brian, one day, um, we're, the, the sister-in-laws, daughter-in-laws were all talking to his wife, Kim. 
And how much is your PC? She goes, oh, we don't measure it anymore. And Brian pipes in and said, you know what? The PC thing turned into a little fight every month. Oh, if we yeah. were going over personal spending, <laughs> if she was exceeding. Yeah. So finally I realized it's easier to increase the top line than manage the bottom line of mm, PC. Yeah. So yeah. he said, I just went out and made more money. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that. there you go. I that's a it. funny story. Yeah. That's awesome. But they all but learned to manage money that way. Very structured though. Very intentional. Structured. I feel like a lot of parents aren't intentional. Well, and I'm they're not too busy. Part. Yeah, they're too busy. They're Usually both parents are working. Mm -hmm. They get home. It's everything they can do to get meals on and laundry and even help kids with homework. Mm -hmm. So I think it's tough nowadays. Mm. And so it's easy to give your kids a cell phone or, um, you know, any kind of a game yeah. console. And let they're them play occupied games. and it's just that. Yeah, it's a babysitter for them. And it's sad. So you have to be intentional, like you mentioned. You have to say, we're going to do a family activity once a week. Mm. We're going to have a family meeting once a week where I teach them something. So we did our family meeting. Wait, hold meeting. on. So family meeting once a week. We did Sunday then... nights when I was home. Okay, cool. We'd always yeah. teach something. And just any topic or just something, life skills? All kinds of things. Sometimes whatever. religious, sometimes life skills. What a cool thing, yeah. And then yep. on Monday nights was family night, and we'd always go do something together on Mondays when I was in town, which was every other week. Mm, yeah. So we were I structured. It. I love it. Reminds me of my dad. You know my dad. Mm -hmm. He was very intentional. He traveled a lot whenever we're busy with business, but he was very intentional with the to teach us kids about what a mortgage was, how a deposit, how a bank works, yeah. how the stock market works, how to change a tire. We did, I, I specifically remember lessons. He'd get the whiteboard out and we'd do religious stuff. We would do practicals, life stuff. We'd do what's a credit score. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a 12, 13, because you're curious about that when you're 10 years old, 12, you start hearing these words and it makes, and then you can go and you yeah. can share it with your friends and you, you're all smart all of a sudden, you know, and, <laughs> and then you get to college. I literally, I remember showing up to college and I go to my roommates and my roommates had no idea. What's a, what is a credit score? What's a mortgage? What's, how does the stock market actually, how does a shorting, how do you short how do a stock? I balance a checkbook? Like they this, don't even know that. <laughs> this whole thing. And, uh, Anyways, it was, I was like, wow. And I remember being, literally my first semester of college being, I was like, wow, I'm very grateful for a dad who was intentional like you did to say, I'm going to teach my kids some, some skills. Yeah. That's, That's why cool. I have your father speak almost at every Zenith yeah. retreat, right? Yeah. Because he, Mike Kazarian, there's a number that have raised great families where the kids have turned out successful. They're got good marriages, you know, they're doing the right things. They've got, and so they're grandkids of these great leaders, their grandkids are great. They're mm. you know, even before their great grandkids. Yeah. So I try to bring those people in as examples for our younger people, because too many people are just walking away from marriages just because it's hard or it's mm. not exciting enough. Mm. And I think part of that's due to social media. They're seeing everybody's best day on yeah. social media. Yeah. Everyone's so they think prettier. everybody's yeah. doing all these trips and fun things and we're not. Mm. So I think it, it creates depression in women, especially. Mm. Because they're comparing themselves. It used to be you compare yourself to the Joneses, one family next door. Now you're comparing to everybody that's on social media. Yeah, 10,000 Joneses. 10,000 yeah. Joneses. Yep. And so it's kind of depressing. That's a good point. For yep. women. And so I think that um, marriages are failing. So one of the goals of Zenith is you go through and you answer questions. Are we doing this as a couple? Do we have a date night? Just the two of us, not mm -hmm. with others, just two of us every week. Mm -hmm. Those are th things I push that Nancy and I have always done. Hmm, we have a date awesome. night every Friday. Yeah. So I teach them things. I ask them questions. Are you doing this, this, and this? And it helps them realize what they could be doing that doesn't change their time element much hmm, or yeah. their budget. 
but it will change their marriages. So that on faith, too many people walk away from faith over stupid little things. And I look mm-hmm. and go, are you kidding me? What are your grandkids going to be like if they have no values mm-hmm. that yeah. are taught by faith? I don't care what religion. What, even Muslims, you look at good Muslims or Jews or anybody, the ones that have good family values, the kids are pretty happy mm-hmm. and turn out great, right? If they've got good values and structure. It's obviously, it's not perfect every single time, but no. the odds of success, I believe, higher. go higher. And Much higher. Up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Zenith is all about, is really trying to strengthen families and teaching people how to enjoy the journey. Yeah, I love it. Hey, hey, what's going on, people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Pains in here. So if you've liked the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there. We actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual-based stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube, Go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks, guys. I'm going to shift gears here for a second. So you've seen, you've been in business for a long time. You've done a lot of investing. You've seen market cycles like crazy. Mm -hmm. We're filming this early 2023 right now. We've seen, you know, interesting, a lot of rate hikes going on. Where do you, so I'm totally shifting gears now. You've done a ton of investments. I know you've been a lot of deals and properties and all sorts of cool stuff. Where do you feel like we are at right now in a market cycle? And where do you feel like we're going the next 12 to 18 months as far as markets? I see it being another tough year um, where interest rates are going to be high for another year or so. Hmm. Then I think they'll start coming down as inflation starts to subside a bit. But the problem we're seeing right now is there's becoming a wider and wider gap between the haves and the have-nots. People that haven't saved and aren't putting money away are getting pinched it's there's getting squeezed right mm-hmm. yeah because they go in the store and if eggs are eight dollars a dozen and that's your staple thing you feed your kids right all of a sudden well i can't afford eggs i guess we're gonna buy the generic cereal mm-hmm. which is really good for us right yeah so i think it's really gonna be tough for some families and it's forcing more people to work and uh, forcing mm-hmm. moms to have to work because and then people that have money there's never been a better time to make money right now because mm-hmm. there's if you have the smarts on how to yeah, make Yeah, talk money. more about that right now. So, you know how to yeah. make, you can learn yeah, yeah. how to make money. You can make a lot of money. Hmm. So you think right now, even better than, than ever, if you have money or if you have the right mindset, what kind of opportunities do you see the most happening right now? Well, if you know what you're doing in the market, I tell people, find great stocks in the market. If you um, even just bought the S&P 500 without a broker, so you're not paying any fees, yep. pick out some good stocks, some that pay dividends if you need income yep. or just some that have been long-term heavy players. They're going to be in the market a long time. Maybe some in tech stocks, Microsoft, some that are going to be here. Um, some in you know, the food industry, car industry, whatever. You just decide some that you think are stable stocks that are going to be here a long time. Yep. And what you'll find is they average 8% growth a year over time. And it's tax deferred. You're not taxed on it unless you sell unless it. You sell, yeah, you just have keep, a gain or loss. Compounding. So, yeah. you know, if you do that over 20 or 30 years and put small amounts away every month, people go, I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And I said, go back and take last month's visa statement and highlight everything in green you spent that was absolutely necessary. Maybe it's utility bills, whatever, gasoline. And, but if you look on food, for example, you could be spending hundreds of dollars on food in a week and 
you can live way cheaper than that if you eat the right things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I tell people, you want to save money? Here's how I learned to save a ton of money. I don't go into big box stores anymore. Hmm. I loved so Costco $5 chickens, right? Oh, yeah. So I always went to Costco once a week to get yeah. my roasted chicken. <laughs> and I'd come out with $175 or $250 cart full of stuff. <laughs> yep. Do my wife and I need that? No. Yeah. I'd buy a sweatshirt that was cool or these shoes or a lot of stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. Some camping stool, blow up pillow. I don't know. I'd buy a knickknacks, right? Yep. And I go home and I'm like, I don't have a place to put this in my closet, yeah. right? I haven't worn 80 percent of the clothes in my closet in the last year hmm. it's safe it's crazy but yep. we buy more right we keep buying yep. yep so if you don't go in the store to get the five dollar chicken you don't spend the 175 bucks so my wife and i've learned to go to the store once a week with a list of what she's going to fix and we buy the healthy foods mm -hmm. and make our own yeah very little prepackaged food anymore yeah we don't buy potato chips or ice cream unless special occasions or you know picnic in the summer or something yeah yep. so we don't have junk food around and that's how both of us control our weight we don't buy it, so it's not in the house, so it's not a temptation. Me and my wife do the same thing. Do you? So do the we same? we keep in our house. No, there's no treats. Junk. There's no junk. And if it comes in, we'll keep it for a day, and then we just we'll chuck half the ice cream carton. Yeah, we'll eat it for the special occasion. We literally chuck it because it, if it's there, it's you're, gonna, for, you're, you're gonna, gonna it. you're gonna eat it, and you're gonna. Snack. So the better thing is don't buy it. You know, but on special occasions you have. But then, right. but then we say, hey, if we want a treat, we we can drive and go get a treat. We're not gonna be Nazis, right. but. It, what happens is you only get a treat maybe once every week or two and, yeah. and that's special and it's whatever, but it's, it's really when you're sitting right. at home at, you know, 10 PM with an ice cream cart. And that's so when you're I learned this principle you. when I had, you know, a family with six kids and mm. I was only making, even at the end when we sold our company, I was taking $75,000 a year salary and I had six kids. Wow. Yeah. We lived on a really tight budget. Yeah. We clipped coupons every Saturday night in the paper uh, so you were you were taking big distributions. You guys owned it 100. You just, no, we just kept growing the company. Just put right back in. It oh, needed really the cool. money as it grew. Hmm. So we took very small salaries. Hmm. So we yeah. lived really cheap. I never bought a new car in my life until hmm. two years ago, wow. three years ago. Yeah, it was the first new car I've ever bought. Really, what was it? Tesla. The Tesla X. Yeah. Because of Dan car. Young. Yeah. <laughs> he made me ride yeah. in his and said, "You need one of these." Yeah. So I went. Bought one. They are pretty nice. Yeah, we have one and I too. love it. Yeah, it's awesome. But anyway, um, you can learn to manage money and. What I found saved us a ton of money is getting winter dairy milk delivered because we'd have to go to the store every two or three days for milk mm. when you have six kids. Yep. Go in the store, spend a lot more. So when we had it delivered, it was maybe a dollar more a gallon. It cost me you know, a few dollars more a week, but it kept me from going to the store so much. Mm. Yep. And so if I don't walk into Costco or I don't walk into any store, I just don't spend a lot. So when I mm. need a little anything for fix something in the house or whatever, uh, shampoo, whatever, I'll just order it online and have it come to the house. Yeah. Right? I was about to say, that's the problem now though, is you have the, um, you can just sit on your couch and order milk, eggs, cookies, yeah. whatever. And it's there, it's in your house in, a, in an hour. Yeah. So, cause it's a great principle, like avoid the temptation. Don't go around it because you won't get money. what you need. Cause if you go in, you'll buy way but that more darn, stuff. But that darn need. Amazon app, you know, it's just right. Yeah, it's so it's easy there. to just, it's just to get your stuff. It's in. great. Yeah. I like it. But back to the, the principle we talked about of, I, you know, there's all these books that have been written about take a sliver of your money and just slowly drip it into the market. And you'd be surprised in 20, 30 years that you're a multimillionaire yeah. and it's 50 bucks a month. It's a hundred bucks a month at a time, 150, $200 a month at a time. And you're a multimillionaire when you and retire. And the best, the very best hedge against inflation. And you've probably heard Jason Hartman talk about it. Mm. He's into real estate yep. is income producing real estate. Mm, if you yep. can get a duplex or, and eventually upgrade to an apartment or whatever, 
those things pay for themselves over time and then create an annuity. So yep. in retirement, you've got money coming in yep. besides just Social Security. So, so you start a little at a time and you can find that money if you just go through and see what you're spending that you don't absolutely need yep. to spend. It. So a different question for you. You've invested, I'm sure, into a lot of deals, seen a lot of funds, seen a lot of fraudsters. Mm-hmm. What has been your best deal and your worst deal you've ever done? Probably my best deal um, was starting in house flips when I first got married. Hmm, Bought an older home on Madison Avenue in Ogden. Big brick home, huge. It was probably 8,000 square feet. And I divided into three apartments because it was in a multifamily zone. Hmm. And I made one. It had a downstairs door already, and I flipped the inside stairway the other way and cut a doorway in. And so I made a a triplex, and we lived on the main level, which was big. It had three bedrooms. Hmm. And we rented out the rest, Hmm. and it paid everything. So I did one the next the next year across the street and made another triplex. Then I bought one above Harrison the next year, wow. which was, and made an upper lower. And this so, is before the days of the house flipping TV yeah, shows. You, you, should have, you should have been a TV star. <laughs> this is perfect. So what I did yeah. is when we started Health Benefits America in 1985, I had these homes I had bought and I had equity of 390,000. So I sold them all because I couldn't really be a landlord and run another company. Yeah. So I sold them all and took the 390,000 and that's how we started the company. But it started no with real way. estate. So if you ask me, that was the most significant thing I did because mm. it started me yeah. with some cash to build something bigger. Wow. Then I built HBA. When that money came in, I went and started putting it to real estate mm-hmm. and yep. started building office buildings with my business partners. We built River Park down in South Jordan. Which if you guys aren't in Utah, it's a massive, beautiful park. Yeah, I think it for 10 years in a row was named best business park in Utah. Yeah. But it, what we did is bought 125 acres and master planned what would be the ideal park business park in this state, Mm because there wasn't one. Union Park was there, but it was full. So there's nowhere else to go with mass. So as you're growing, there's a lot of other space you can go into Mm, as you grow. And so we designed it with uh, 13 office buildings, uh, 10 restaurants, and a big fitness facility and a school, uh, a preschool. Mm-hmm. So then we went out and found the best. We went and found Market Street Grill, recruited them to yep. come, went and found Lifetime Fitness, recruited them, and then went and got others to come in. Zupas, it was their second location. Oh, it was cool. Tsunami's second location. Was so we really? took a little oh, bit of cool. risk, yep. but they had one place, went and tried it, liked it. Yeah. So we brought those kind of things in. So it yep. became such a great business park because it had everything within walking distance that you want. In a business. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. And a hotel. Yeah, that's awesome. So those are are some good deals. And then we brought the best Montessori school. It's called Dancing Moose. It had won best school in Utah as preschools for like three or four years in a row. Mm, Best in Utah. So we went out after the best and it's been successful. Then we invested with another group in Kaloa Landing. It was a group. uh, It was going to be some high-end residential condos in Kauai. And in the downturn, all the buyers that had had contracts started walking away from them. So all of a sudden we have 83 beautiful condos going up under construction and the buyers walked. And they're all gone. And so Hawaii. we made it a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really stressful years, oh, sure. 2008, nine and 10. Mm. So the three partner, main partners on that, there were probably five or six partners, but three that had big money into it. We tried to decide what to do. Do we walk from it, sell it, mothball it? What do we do? Made it a hotel, and then we decided, well, if we're going to make it a hotel, let's make it the best. Hmm. So it's now the best in Kauai. I think it has the highest ratings. 
And for people one, who followed one best it, pool in America, right? Best pool in America three for years. three years in a row. Yeah. So, and I've been there. We yeah, were there together. Nice, yes. Oh, it's we were there resort. together. Yes. Incredible yeah. resort. So cool. If you guys go to Kauai, Kaloa Landing, right in this, on the one, what's that shore? It's uh, Poipu Beach. Poipu Beach. Yep. So what we've tried to do is build really quality stuff yeah. and then keep it. Yeah. Not We don't flip. No, yeah. We keep. Building. So that's best deals. Let's talk about worst deals. Worst deals you've ever worst done. Worst deals was probably Skybox. Hmm. I had two friends come and say, we want to get this thing like Dave and Buster's or uh, what was the other one called? Big one. Anyway, in New York, there was one and they loved it and said, we need a great sports sports restaurant in Utah. Hmm. And we want to do that. And we've talked to Gateway and they've got this space, but we need somebody to sign on with mm. us and be an investor that has, that's a credit. Yep. So they have a credit tenant and sign on the loan. Oh, okay. So or on the lease. And I said, I won't sign on the lease, but I'll sign a guarantee of so many months rent. Mm, okay. But Sorry. I'm not yeah. going to guarantee a five-year lease or whatever. Yep. But we went into there and the problem was we were misled in the beginning. They said, there's going to be 13,000 people a day. On Saturdays, the best day was 3,500. So it never had the numbers. Yeah. And then um, it was too hard for people to drive their park, get out of the parking garage, walk to it, and eat and get back to dinner. This is in Gateway. I remember going there. To get back to work within two hours, right? Yeah. It's just, it was too hard. But on game nights and weekends, it's packed. It's waiting. Mm -hmm. Big waiting lines, right? Yeah. But what I learned is there, see, this is what happens when you invest in something you don't know anything about. Mm. So I tell people, don't invest in something you don't know a lot about, mm. unless you know the partners and they're experts and you you know the Were you a passive investor in Skybox or were you more active? I was passive in the beginning. Okay. But when they got it built, we were $2 million over budget. Oh, wow. Because they were building it to open it for the Olympics. And the guy that was over it, that was the manager... Wasn't telling us what he was doing. Decided to put in pizza ovens and these mm. Daytona race cars. They were two hundred seventy thousand for these two four Daytona race cars oh, we put goodness. in there. Wow! And then he had to put a compressor in for forty five thousand to run them. I mean, when I got at the end of the day, we found out we were two million over budget. It would wow. never make money. Yeah. So the partners all got together, and the other major par- investor said, "Let's bankrupt and open it under a different name." Mm. So tell me what that means. Said, "Well, we just bankrupt it." And then we change it under a different name. I said, well, what happens to this electrician we owe 125000 to? Hmm. Or the guy that laid the tile or whatever. Mm, yeah. You know. They don't get paid. They don't get paid. Yeah. And they're, they're not big, a lot of them. Yep. They're going to lose their home. I said, I'm not driving home to my home every night knowing somebody's lost theirs when they thought I was an honorable guy that was owning this. Mm. And so another partner wanted to bankrupt it. Yeah, and you're so having this I said conversation. No. Yeah. So I went and negotiated with everybody we owned money, and some came down some, and I paid it all. So mm. I became the main owner. Mm. But one thing I've learned, see, again, I didn't know the business. You don't build a restaurant that can hold 350 people because you build a restaurant that can fill for lunch, and there's a big waiting line on weekends, mm. like Texas Roadhouse. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or all of them. They build a restaurant that seats 120. So if you look at most restaurants, that's the model. That's the size they are. Whether they're you want to feel full, cheesecake factory is a little bigger, but yeah. most of them, if you go like Olive Garden or all those, they're 120 to 140 seats, mm, not 350. Yeah. So it's like building the cathedral for people to come on Easter and Christmas. It doesn't work. Mm, it doesn't yeah. ever pencil. So I tell people, don't get in a business number one you don't understand, 
and be careful of what you sign on mm. and take responsibility because at some point you've got to keep feeding it or walk away from your money. Yeah. And if you haven't decided at what point you're going to walk away early on, it will drain you. Yeah. That's why so many people lose their fortunes. They get into things they don't really understand and they keep feeding it and it can bankrupt them. Interesting. So this deal you took over, you kept running it. I it, was the main partner. The main partner. Did it end up? Did you end I own 49% and there was like five other guys that owned uh, the rest. Yeah. So I didn't really have total control. I had a lot of say, but the problem was how do you change something that the model's not working it's well? Hard. Except it's already just from the beginning bad. Yeah. So, yeah. So when the economy changed in 2008, we opened for the Olympics in 2002 and 2008 when the economy crashed, it got shut down. Mm, yeah. But what we called it was our expensive family hobby because we went down every Monday and played games and had eight there. And it was fun. Yeah. We it was a cool place. I remember going there. It, it was a really it. cool restaurant. It was great. It, right? it was really cool. I but the problem was, you know, people were so sad when it got closed down. They go, well, it doesn't work when you just come once a month on a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, question on that same thread. You've, you've dealt with a lot of partners. You've been doing a lot of deals. Um, I'd love to ask you this question of, how do you discern if a partner is honest and has integrity or not? What's your vetting process? Well, most of my partners have been great. Hmm. My first partner in HBA, Ron Gunnell, we never fought. We had so much fun together and just we were, we were in the same wavelength, right? We got along really well. So that was really fun. Um, I've had a couple people I've hired to be leaders in companies and they haven't been so honest. Hmm. I find yeah. out as time went on. It's really interesting because when they see you is have, there a pattern or is you there, have yeah. money, they want the money. If they're the one actively running the company and you're not active every day, they somehow feel it should be theirs after three or four years. Mm. And if they want it all, or they they start taking stuff, they'll start the skimping site. stuff. Yeah, yeah, you find out later there's some dishonesty that goes on. So it's a pretty sad deal. Um, in both cases, my wife had met him and didn't like him. Mm. She's a very good has a good bullshit meter yeah it's called so you just it, tell know? it right she out, just yeah. said i don't have a good feeling about it they're really sharp they're good businessmen they you know they were really good salesmen they sold me on them but so i don't know that i'm all really i'm that good at it because mm -hmm. i really kind of think everybody's good mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. i can't imagine cheating somebody so i don't think other people do that yeah so it's i'm not very good at that let me just say I'm not. But your good. wife did. My both, wife's both good times. At it. She just said, I just don't have a good feeling. Interesting. But what yeah. I try to do is really trust, but verify mm -hmm. and really check people out for you. Get in bed with them, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know it's a, I just keep, I hear so many horror stories of, and I've, I've had a couple yeah. small runs, but nothing major. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I've, I've had incredible business partners. I've worked with great people that have had integrity, but I keep hearing stories if I had a business partner that is taking half the money, took out loans on the business, we're now bankrupting. I'm trying to pay the contractors and yeah. he doesn't want to. And it's, oh, it's and it messy. can just ruin people's, yeah. it can derail your company for two or three years or ruin someone's life. And it's, it's a, especially with investing, especially investment funds, yeah. it's a huge piece of that, which you talked about a lot. Well, you have to have everything done in legal documents when you start and your friends hmm. and say, well, if I get disabled, how are we going to, I don't want to have your part, your spouse taking half of the revenue or half the funds every year, but not doing anything. Yep. So what's the buyout agreement yep. that if I'm disabled, what are you going to pay me? Or if you're disabled, what am I willing to pay you? And you both come up to agreement while you're friends. Yeah. Yep. Because when you're not friends, nobody thinks it's fair. Mm. And I always talk about the Abraham lot example in the old Testament about dividing the land of Canaan. 
and Abraham says, one of you, well, you divide, you divide the land and I'll take first choice or or vice versa. I'll divide, Mm. you take first choice. You do it that way with your partners and it's that cake is cut evenly in half. Mm. Yeah. So, but you do it while you're of good mind. And I always say the best money you spend is on a good attorney when you set things up. You have the right attorney that's got great expertise. They coach you the right way and things are set up. Too many people use a neighbor or friend who's an attorney and they're an attorney and something else. It's like using a doctor thinking he can do anything. Mm. Surgeries, OBGYN, they can't do everything, right? Attorneys are the same. If you're working in real estate, get the best real estate attorney. Even if it's 450 an hour. Yes, spend the money right because your documents either going to make you or break you someday. Mm. That's good advice. Yeah, that's sharp. Um, One more tip on attorneys, what I do. When I'm entered into any important contract, I use two attorney law firms always. Mm, interesting. And I'll give they check everybody each other. this tip. Yeah. No, here's what I do. Anytime I do a contract, I hire one of them to do it. And then when it's done, I send to the other. I want you to take this and review it for one hour of your time. Mm. 400 bucks, whatever. You review it and tell me where it has holes in it if you were my partner coming after me from this contract. Mm. And they try to show they're smarter than your attorney so oh, they get yeah. your future business. Yep. I don't know how much time they spend on it, but they come up with all kinds of things you should change in it. Uh, it doesn't matter which side I give it to. The other side will find things they would add or change. So oh, you get sharp. an ironclad contract, something that's really good mm. by paying an extra 400 bucks. Wow, that's sharp. Because yeah, lawyers are always, they have egos and they want to prove do. it. Oh yeah, and that's so great. That, yeah, using them again. <laughs> I love that. So awesome. that really works. That's a and great you, tip. It, on important contracts, oh, I do love that. It. Because you may be putting 100,000, maybe it's a million that you're going to end up in in a business. So what's $400? Best $400 worth? Bucks you ever spent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Hey, hey, guys. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're someone that wants to learn more about alternative investing, private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, we just created a brand new group on Discord that all of our Wall Street Rebels around the world are joining. It's called the Wall Street Rebel Insider Community. Go check it out down below. It's an amazing group. I go live in there. We do calls. I do all sorts of AI bots and terminal things and all sorts of cool stuff. So go check it out and get back to the show. Thanks, guys. Let's talk about your faith. And faith okay. side of things. I know you've uh, distilled that you talk, brought it up a few times on the show, and I, I want to just dive into more of how you think about uh, your faith. With and you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I am as well, mm-hmm. and how that impacts your business, your career, your life. How you just we talked about charity earlier, just how that in, involves your whole. Well, life. people wonder. I don't have enough money for retirement, and I said, Well, I'm so glad I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because number one, we don't drink alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't drink coffee. And I look at how much people spend on alcohol on trips when they go on cruises yeah. or with their friends. Their alcohol bills a thousand bucks, or they so I five heard, five I mean, or six bucks a day on a cup of coffee. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a really big number. So I'm like, I've heard I'm just cut you off. Grateful. Cruise cruise lines apparently break even on your ticket. Oh yeah, they only make money on alcohol sales. They That's make their whole mo- business. Make money on alcohol and, the excursions. and, and excursions. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Sorry to cut you off, but keep. Yeah, because yeah. all the tips you pay are paying all the room stewards and mm. all the dining room staff have paid off tips. Mm. So really, you know, they make it on the other. They're things. in the business of selling alcohol and excursions. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, for the me, I've found people that relive re- live their religion and have values are happier. And so to me, I just try to get people to embrace their religion and live it. And I don't care what Christian church they are. If they'll live by and follow Christ, like every day in your business dealings, think what would Christ do? Mm. Try to follow that example. And you can't go too wrong if mm. you follow that. Yeah. What would Christ do? That What would Jesus do, right? 
And um, I tell people that it's, it's so important to have those values, teach them in your family, follow them in your business. And I believe you're blessed. And I think when you give back, whether it's tithing or giving to the road home shelter or whatever, you give and that law of the harvest comes back. Whatever you mm -hmm. sow, you'll reap. And I always tell people, pay something first, have that in your budget, and you will see blessings come. Mm. Happens all the time. I don't care what religion. I know. I love. There was an interesting. I heard this speaker. She's from Clemson University. Came and spoke. She had done an extensive study on that exact exact principle. She was trying to quantify why. So she first off did the survey results. People who gave a significant over ten percent of their income to charities, churches, whatever, made significantly more money than yeah. their counterparts over their life period. And she kept, she surveyed thousands of people, kept finding this, this answer. And then, so then she tried to figure out the answer of why, why does this happen? Yeah. And she's like, she, she was first off proved number one, the more people, and they, whether they were poor or rich, people who gave over about 10%, it was 10 to 15%, or I guess a little bit low, but around 10% made significantly more later in life and just right. benefit their life like crazy. They lived healthier lives. They lived longer. They had all these benefits. And uh, she came and gave this speech and she just went through this whole thing on how, where, where she looked on all these angles. And she came and she just said, I, I do not know. She goes, I literally, we do not, I can't, I have no scientific evidence yeah. of why this happens, but it does. People who give, I've surveyed thousands of people and I've done the research on their whole lives. People who give, get back way more than they gave before. And it's this law of abundance and right. harvest. And, and it was really interesting. Well, it's interesting because, you know, it's in the Bible in Malachi, you know, test me here with, mm. you know, bring your 10% to the storehouse and watch and the windows of heaven will be open to you and mm -hmm. you'll be blessed. And, you know, um, what is it? Uh, and knowledge you'll have, oh, what's the word? I'm trying to think of how it says it. But anyway, you'll be blessed not with the wealth or the, the life you need, but with great uh, treasures of knowledge is what it says. Mm. You have treasures of knowledge. And so it's right there in the Bible. So I think most Christians believe that. And I think the ones that live it will all tell you. There's the times that they really didn't have it, but paid it. And mm -hmm. they'll all tell you amazing stories. Yeah. Everybody has one. Yeah. If they've been to pay and tithing yeah, to any cool. church. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure having you on today. You're just a wealth of knowledge. It's fun to chat. I have one or two more questions for you. Okay. If you're okay with that. First one, I guess first, and then we'll have the last question. So first one, you mentioned Zenith Mastermind. Where can people go to find Zenith? I've been to your events. If they're awesome, I would highly recommend going to Zenith. You guys have a few events coming up. So walk people through what Zenith is, how to get in touch with you and, and or the group and how where all that is. We take about 60 people on an ex excursion. We do two a year. Mm -hmm. And then every other month we have a, a dinner speaker series here in Utah. Yep. So people in Utah can come to that and they just pay 50 bucks to come and it covers their meal and the speaker. But... Um, we don't charge an annual fee like most masterminds. You just pay when you come. Mm -hmm. And so we try to keep them affordable. Our one uh, in March is on a cruise to the Caribbean, five-day cruise. It's full. We've got 60 people going. Our next one they can find on www.zenithmastermind.com. Mm -hmm. Zenithmastermind.com. And it's one N, Z-E-N-I-T-H. Um, and the next one's in Kauai at our resort. Yeah, you're going so to So they get resort. to go to the yep. best pool in the in the country. Yeah. Um, and we did that one two years ago and that 36 people went on that first one and all of them have a request. We go there again. Yeah. Because the day before the mastermind starts is the ultimate Hawaiian trail run. Hmm. And last time we went, 15 of us did it and had so much fun. And yeah, now the whole awesome. group wants to go back and oh, cool. go early and do that right before the four day mastermind. Yep. 
So that is uh, September 17th through 21 mm, in Kauai. And yeah. it's $1,597 a person. That covers the mastermind, all your meals and the excursion. Um, your hotel's on your own, your airfare's on your own, and <coughs> you rent a car. So which is to an keep am- it reasonable. Which is an amazing price. That's an amazing price because am- it covers all your meals. Dude, I've been a part of Masterminds. And, I, and I, I, I'll say this. You won't probably say this, but I'll, I'll just say this. You've ran this for how many years now? Two or three mm-hmm, years? Two and a half. I would, I would just guess you've lost money on this match. Oh yeah. We've never made money, but my goal is <laughs> and the to goal help is, people. Yeah. You're just, Jeff just <laughs> this is out of the, give back. it's out of the goodness of your heart. You do this and, and you just want to help people and help people be around incredible people and mentors. You fly in all these cool people to come speak and be a part yeah. of it. My dad has been there. I've been to your events and uh, it's been a, a, just a treat to be, to hang out with you guys. So I would highly recommend zenithmashmind.com. Oh, Go check them out. And if you guys can't find it, send me a DM and I'll send you the link or whatever. They'll walk away with 60 new friends. I mean, yeah. it becomes a tribe. Yeah. You go there, you kind of know every, a lot of them and it's fun. Yeah, it's a fun so great. Okay, so last question. Um, this is the question of if you, let's say this was your last podcast you ever did. You were going to die tomorrow. And you had one minute to two minutes to share with the world your last message your dying message that you wanted, you wanted to make sure everyone remembered around the world that they could think back, man, Jeff Lamb gave that last message that was, the, and I, the question is, sorry to preface it, the things that are most important to you. What would you want your kids, grandkids, the world to hear from your last message if you were gonna die tomorrow? So with that, I didn't prep you on this question, so I'm putting you on the spot. But um, with that, I'll, I'll put you on the well, spot that's here. that's really so easy think? for me because it's what I, I built zenith around really Mm. if they'll just go and look at the balance wheel and really evaluate themselves in each of those areas and find out where they're weak they'll strengthen those areas and try to keep balance in their life they'll find joy Mm. that's keep their faith strong keep their family strong and build a successful business with integrity and you're blessed and Mm. then the other those are the three main spokes of the wheel so it's faith family and finance right Mm. the the other three spokes of the wheel are fun um, fun, fulfillment, and fitness. and fitness. So those are important, but the other three are the most important in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I would say to people, look at that. When I have them go to the wheel first and the hub is zero and the out part of the wheel is 10 and there's little tick marks, one through 10. Mm-hmm. So go in each of those six areas and mark where you think you are. Mm-hmm. Then we have them go through and answer these 10 question, questions in each area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on fitness, you know, I exercise five times a day at least, or five times a week, at least 20 minutes. Yeah. If you do that, you're 10, you know, and so on. So they go through each one of these. And when they get done, there's a hundred t- possible points and they'll be shocked because they maybe put themselves as an eight and they find out when they're really getting down to what they're doing, they're not doing most things. Mm. So they're really not scoring as high as they think. So I would say to people, try to balance your life and make it meaningful. So the joyful, it's a joyful journey. Mm meaningful yeah i love it what a enjoy great each day if you're not happy now you're not going to be happy when you have money mm. i'm here to tell you that if you're not happy when you have a little you won't be happy when you have a lot mm. be love happy oh, that's amazing jeff lamb everybody You're thank thanks you for so much for coming on thank today. you um go follow again zenithmastermind.com right go follow jeff um i don't know did oh, you do one other thing that's okay. good for your audience yeah um i've had a company for 20 years called infinite mind Mm, and we've right. done $300 million in sales on Infinite Mind and had 2 really, million wow. users. We've That's done that unreal. much in sales. Jeez. And I decided during COVID, because kids are not doing reading, they were not doing well in school. Almost all kids are behind in reading. Did mm. you know that? Work nationwide, uh-huh. worldwide, probably. But nationwide, they're all behind in reading because mm. they weren't going to school and they're not reading. Mm. And 
our devices take them away from reading the way they're supposed to read, right? Mm. So I built the app free. It's free for everybody in the app store. It's infinite mind brain exercises. Mm, Seven minutes a day. If you'll do it five times a week for two months, you'll triple your reading speed and increase your comprehension by 62%. Mm. I've got so much data that that is the number. Wow. Oh my gosh. Because we track everybody's scores. I know where they are. Oh, that's so cool. My kids all were required to do it as part of their chart. Nancy made up. Yep. If they did it, they got extra allowance. So all five of my boys scored very high on the GMAT. Hmm. And they all went and got their master's degrees, but they scored high enough they could choose their schools. Two Hmm. of them went to Oxford and graduated from Oxford. Hmm. Why does it make such a difference? If you're a fast reader, you get through a test like the ACT in half the time. So now you have half the time without stress to think through the ones you're not sure of and come up with the right answer, the best answer. But when you're stressed, you can't do that. You just mark bubbles because yeah, you're running out of time. Yep, yep. So every kid should be on that. And every adult that's getting older. Our number one users are people over 55 to, to help really? save their brains. Just keep them sharp. Oh, well, yeah. it keeps your brain going. Yep. Yeah. What's it called one more time? Infinite Mind Brain Exercises. On the Free in the App Store. Infinite Mind Brain Exercises. Yep. Really cool. Oh, I love it. Okay. I love it. Jack, thanks, thanks everybody. So much. You're awesome. All right. See ya. Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel. We just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing.